0: Happy uh, Thursday. It's a Thursday when we're recording this. It's probably a Saturday maybe when you're listening because that's when it'll drop hopefully. Um, But yeah happy day. It is a happy day. Mm -hmm. We've already had a good time. We have had a good time. Yeah. Made some dinner. Made some homemade uh, chicken pot pie. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been sitting here like tapping the crust like we're on the Great British Baking Show. Like oh oh that's nice. (laughs) <laughs> like, like I love when they tap oh. it. They talk about the sound. Oh, but, oh it's a nice bake right there. <laughs> that was like Australian. I hope
1: it's enough. Oh well, we'll see.
0: <laughs> it's so accurate.
1: Give oh it a dusting God. of icing sugar. It'll
0: look wonderful. My favorite, my favorite thing they say on that show is every time they make a cake, Paul Hollywood cuts it open. and He goes, "Oh, it's a lovely sponge." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, why don't we call it sponge? <laughs> I we don't should. Know.
1: We should call it sponge because we just call it all cake. <laughs> but for them, the cake is once you've taken the sponge and put like fruit and cream right. and icing all over it. We're like, yeah, it's all the same. Whatever, it's a cake. <laughs> it's a cake. Sponge. <laughs> to be fair, all we put on our cakes is icing. Like they put. That's true. They put they like put fun things. everything
0: under the sun. On That's cakes. true. Um. Who is the, what is her name? Is it Prim? The new? There was Prue. Mary. Prue. There was Prue. Mary Berry. Um, I my, loved Mary Berry. I love Mary Berry. But my favorite thing about Prue is that like, she's always like pretty good and critical and, you know, mm-hmm. like giving good commentary. And the second somebody puts booze in something, she's like, I love it. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, me too, girl. Me too. I want to be Prue when I grow up. I me too. Have, I want to wear her clothes. I want to love baking, and I want to be as unashamedly into the booze and what is baked as Prue is. I love them.
0: I, I'm really happy. I really like the the hosts right now. I love Prue. I haven't seen the most recent season. I kind of watched most of them out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Noel. Noel is great. He's he, so he's, great. He's still there. Good. Um, yeah. I know the, the other guy... Um, I never remember his name, and it makes me so upset. I remember he was in the 25th... I'm pretty sure it was... not he yes, in the 25th was in the, Les Miz. Yes, he was. Okay.
1: He was... Um, he was Tenardier. Tenardier.
0: Yeah. He was
1: also in... Um, I think Pitch it was Perfect? Bridesmaids? Bridesmaids. Because he was the brother of Rebel Wilson's character in Bridesmaids. He wasn't in Pitch Perfect. Okay. And they were
0: roommates with...
1: Uh what's her face's character.
0: You're right. You're right, Kristen you're right. right. Character. Yes, you are yep. right. I forgot about that. Yep. I haven't seen Bridesmaids since I saw it once in theaters and that was enough. Really?
1: You don't... don't like Bridesmaids? I was I okay. I am not a fan of discomfort humor. And okay. to me, that's what Bridesmaids was. The the part Melissa McCarthy made me roll with laughter. Yeah, Everything so she said funny. was wonderful. Um, her The first time you meet her, when she asks if that's her boyfriend behind <laughs> her, it's like this old man. She goes, no. She's like, good, because I'm going to climb that like a tree. Yes. <laughs> that's my favorite line. Um, I still use that. <laughs> but um, most of it is you feel bad for this girl and uncomfortable with the situation mm-hmm. that she's in. And I'm just not a
0: fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will I will confess, I did not find Bridesmaids enjoyable the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But then I was in a situation, I was like, I was like around someone who was getting married and we wanted to watch it again. And mm-hmm. it was upon a second viewing where I realized it's genius. Because I kind of had the same thing, like I just felt uncomfortable and sad the first time. Mm-hmm. But the second go around where I knew there was a happy ending and like a good resolution, even though I kind of knew that going in. But the second viewing, I just really thoroughly enjoyed it. And now, like, um, our friend Jenny um, and I will, like, frequently we would quote, like, help me, I'm poor. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my favorite lines. Um, The, uh,
1: I I, I would be willing to rewatch that one. Um, Yeah, I don't know, the... The other, the only other movie I can equate to like feeling that way through, and I think I mentioned this in another podcast. I don't remember, um, my parents love Meet the Parents with Ben Stiller. Oh, I've never seen that. It is peak uncomfortable humor, like mm. the discomfort of being around your in-laws for the first time. Yeah, and that's wrong. hard. Um, and there's parts of it that I remember mm-hmm. that I I still kind of like chuckle at. Mm. They ask him to say grace over the dinner, and it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's the Scotts Tots theory. Like I can't rewatch Scotts Tots. Mm. Hmm. But just the most uncomfortable episode of television.
0: I can't do it again. Okay. I I guess that's that kind of makes sense. I I don't mind a little discomfort sometimes if done in the right way. Um, I have a hard time with like. National Lampoon. See, definitely enough, I love National Lampoon. See, okay, the vacation's pretty funny. Although, like, some of the humor, like, all the times where he's, like, hitting on the girl on the road yeah, just makes me sad because his wife is so sweet and she deserves better. Um, Like, he's not hot enough to make any of that worth it and he's not sweet enough to make any of it. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, he has no redeeming qualities. Yes. Um, But the, the one specific National Lampoon movie that gives me so much anxiety is Christmas Vacation. I love Christmas Vacation and I watch it every year. See, something about like Christmas being ruined or whatever just stresses me out. Mm. Like, oh my God. And it's funny because like I love a Christmas story. Yeah. I love it. But as soon, like something about just the disaster that is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation It just makes me nervous, Mm. but so I don't know what that is. But I don't know.
1: So, what movie that you don't hate are you showing me this week tonight? Nice segue. Nice job.
0: (laughs) Um, tonight. Well, before I I share the movie, let's talk about the vibe. You're right, because this is a good vibe. (laughs) This is a good vibe. We are drinking red wine. It is called Apothic Dark. So if you're looking for a cheap wine, it's not so bad. Can i talk you Kroger's, off, By the way, yeah,
1: as Kroger wines
0: go, yeah. this is a this is a nice nice Ooh, wine. Pretty good Kroger wine. And then just pour a little more in here. So we Thank are drinking you. some nice, uh, yummy red wine, Apothic Dark. Apothic Dark. I think, I think that's a fitting name. As yeah, well. I I picked it because it felt kind of gothic, um, which seemed fitting for our movie tonight. So tonight we are watching interview with a vampire um so yeah um i guess let's talk a little bit about the movie and what it's about and um so um this might shock you but this is a film where reporter interviews a vampire can i be perfectly honest yeah
1: I obviously expected vampires. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I actually expected it to be a reporter.
0: It's a literal interview with a vampire. Interviewing. <laughs> so, our main vampire is Louie, who's played by Brad Pitt, and he um, ends up giving this reporter an interview about his life. Um, Louis lived in, like, New Orleans, and he was a plantation owner, which has not aged well. Oh. Um... <laughs> um yeah cuz he's supposed to be all sympathetic and stuff but instead you're just like mm, but you owned people yeah um so that part always makes me itchy cuz I'm like I like you but whatever way you cut it that's that's really not good Louis yep. um anyways uh he meets a vampire named Lestat and let's, is that the Tom Cruise vampire? That is Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise vampire turns him into a vampire. And then they have this kind of weird, um, homoerotic kind of relationship. Erotic's not even the right word. Uh, Homo domestic, maybe? <laughs> um, they basically I think become. think you invented
1: a word, but I, I think, think it's so. a good word. Um,
0: They basically become like this like old queer couple. They're like. They're like two vampire queens, like just living their life. I
1: just want to feed my birds. Pretty much.
0: They end up like <laughs> adopting a little girl vampire and just like, who? Okay. I know this. He's played by Christian Dunst. Dunst. Yes, yeah. I know that. Um There's some other cool vampires in here. Um, most notably is um, Antonio Banderas. He's honestly the one I'm most excited for. Oh girl. I'm so in love with him in this movie. He walks out with hair down to his butt. And I'm like that one that's my vampire <laughs> he's so attractive um, and uh, yeah this film is based on the novel Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice directed by Neil Jordan and the screenplay is written by none other than Anne Rice herself um, and this is the part where I'm going to segue into a rant about how despite the fact that I think Anne Rice is actually a really good writer
1: I kind of can't stand her
0: um, so, because of the fan
1: fiction stuff? Yes.
0: So for those of you who are not in the world of fandom and, and are not a huge nerd, um, Anne Rice, so on the internet, you can find fan fiction. So anything from, you know, rewritings of a story with a different spin to a completely different story using characters that are uh, popular, you know alternate universes with those characters where instead of being vampires, uh, you know, Lestat owns a bakery and Louis owns a flower shop. You know, Mm -hmm. that one. Um, (laughs) All kinds of things. I thought you were going to go coffee shop at you, but... Oh, yeah, I guess it kind (laughs) of... Sometimes it's the coffee shop and the florist instead. Um, But yeah, that's definitely a thing. Um, So anyways, there's lots of, of creators out there that are, like, really flattered by fan fiction. Like the, the um, company that produces the Dragon Age games are like, not only do we love that you're writing fan fiction, but the writers of this entire uh, video game, we're gonna write fan fiction too under like pseudonyms and you'll never know what it is, but it's actually <laughs> canon. See if you can find it. And they like play with the fans. They're like yeah. reading fan fiction and enjoying it. And then there's Anne Rice. Anne Rice, like, went on the internet, found out a few people were like, what if Louie owned a flower shop? And they were like, she was immediately like, oh, this can't happen. And started, like, suing these, like, literal teenagers and, like, 20-something-year-old fangirls. And pretty much anytime her work gets used for fan fiction. Now, fan fiction is free. Yes. You cannot sell it.
1: It's, it is, not, it's not published copyright. It's French, not though. published,
0: but it's also protected to some extent because it's it's transformative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless you're Anne Rice, in which case she will do everything in her power to make sure that you are destroyed for every penny in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's my rant. Um, love Anne Rice as a writer. Can't stand her as a person because I just feel like if the battle that you really want to pick is to come after like a 15-year-old who thought your vampire... Who liked who, your work. Who liked your yeah. work and thought your vampire was cute and wanted to, like, write a silly story about him being in love or something. Like, if that's the hill you want to die on, I think that's really silly. I, I hope that if I, if I become a creator <laughs> one day... Like,
1: the reality is, someone will write... If you become a prolific enough writer, someone will write some piece of fan fiction that you yourself won't like. Yeah, but... Why does that matter? No, it doesn't matter. And you could argue that it was a different time. Like this, this was, you know, baby internet. Yeah. This was
0: like the nineties. Yeah.
1: But even then, and maybe, maybe she felt like if she could stamp it out, then she actually had a chance to. The reality is now
0: (laughs) it's so prolific. You don't have that opportunity. Now it's protected in a way that I don't think she could get away with it. No. Um, but um, I do find her, like, George R. R. Martin doesn't like fan fiction, but he's just like, um, I don't really think that it's my favorite, but I guess write it if you want to. And yeah. I'm like, I can respect it. I understand people not liking people taking liberties with their work. I just think the extent to which she, like, came for a group of, like, literal children on the internet and yeah. tried to, oh, like, absolutely. you know, destroy their entire lives is a little ridiculous but um on the flip side this is a really fun movie um let me preface this too with saying I can't normally stand Tom Cruise I love him in this film I normally am not a huge Brad Pitt fan I think he's good but I don't think he's like amazing I love him in this film sometimes Kristen Dunst can be annoying I love her in this film um Great scenery, great costumes, great hair and makeup, mm. great vampire effects. I mean, it's just, to me, this is exactly what you want vampires to be. Mm. It's it's that pretty alluring, sexy mm. vampire mm-hmm. that, that we all want. Yeah. So um, overall, the film was like kind of meh in terms of how it was received. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 64% uh, critic view. Um, so it's not bad. It's, you know, it's fresh, but it's not that fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, it's got an 86% audience score. Most audiences enjoyed the film. Mm -hmm. Um, a few people, a few of the critics kind of knock Tom Cruise's performance a little bit, mainly just because he's Tom Cruise, which normally I get, (laughs) but this is the one film where I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't bug me that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lestat is such a good character mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean it's just it's just all around fun it's a good it's a good time it's rated R um for um basically like vampire gore mm-hmm. um, for all the things that you would expect it to be it's listed as a horror romance mm-hmm. which means it's not really that scary yeah um it's it's just edgy in its romance um yeah and yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. It's real fun. And it also is like very much a time capsule. What year did it come out? I should have looked that up, but I didn't. I am going
1: to guess, I legitimately do not know. I'm going to guess
0: 96. You were so close, 94. Oh. So um, yeah, but you're going to watch it and be like, ah, the 90s. 90s. So it's fun. It's good. And it's also got that like, You know that particular 90s vibe where it's, like, there were, like, period films that came out in the 90s that have the vibe. I don't know how to explain it more than that. I will try to articulate it after
1: we've watched it. Yeah. Like, I'll try and, or while
0: we're watching it, I'm going to try and kind of piece it together. Yeah, it's, like, something, like, a certain, like, filter, kind of, or, like, a, Mm -hmm. there's, like, a 90s lens through which, like, certain films exist. So, if you can help me articulate that. Um, but yeah. Cool. It's fun. Hopefully you'll like it. Um,
1: I am... Should I I go into what I'm kind of... Yeah, what are you expecting?
0: Um...
1: I expect vampire betrayal. I expect... the glamours of vampire life to suddenly be taxing and not as beautiful as they appear on the outside. Um... I expect uh very very good costumes uh not as good wigs um
0: that's probably fair and I actually think the wigs are decent in this okay they're not they're not Leonardo DiCaprio and Man in the Iron Mask bad
1: no I don't expect that I I, (laughs) I do expect this film to be pretty well made yeah um and I, I honestly expect most of it to be, I, you said there will be vampire gore, um, but I expect a lot of this to just be vampire conversations. I expect them to stand around and talk a lot. I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but...
0: <laughs> honestly, I mean, you've read Anne Rice, clearly. Yes. You get it. Yeah. You're spot on. It's everything that you think it's going to be. Cool. cool, There's like lots of vampire talking and then a few minutes where the music is like, da da And then like something really dramatic happens. Yes. And then like two minutes later, they're back to talking about the dramatic stuff. Cool. It's great. Cool. All right. So, let's do this. Interview with the
1: vampire. Interview with the vampire. I'm going to eat this now. I'm going to. That was that was a thing at the time.
0: That was a thing at the time. So what were your thoughts? Um I liked it. Good. Yeah. I was Um, worried you wouldn't. I feel like it's kind of an acquired taste. (laughs) I can
1: see that. I don't know that it's something that I'm like itching to go back and Mm rewatch. Um but, for someone who's like a big old vampire
0: fan, I knew I had to watch this. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and i'm I'm glad that I did.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love having this movie on in the background when I'm doing stuff.
1: I can see that. It's yeah. a lot of um you just get
0: to look up and see some pretty images. and,
1: yeah, I, I, I think. I think the thing for me, so, and in, in we said this, there was a point in here where I looked to, you and I, I just looked away from the screen, and I was like, I know there's a jump scare coming. <laughs> yeah. I know it's yeah. coming, and I don't want it. And there's I, like
0: two jump scares in the whole film. But
1: I feel like those two, and then the other moments that are just really intense, are sprinkled enough throughout there that for mm-hmm. me, I don't feel like I could just have this on in the background. In the background. Yeah. For me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um... So let's kind of break down, um, why don't we go by character? Um, okay. What was your initial, I, I guess what I want to know is what do you think about each character and the actors that portray them? So okay. let's start with Brad Pitt and yeah. his role of Louie. Louie, um. <clears throat> okay. I wonder if your feelings will be the same as mine. because I, 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 like... I have some.
1: I like all of the other characters' reactions to Louie. Yeah. Like they're, he he serves this thematic role for the other characters to play off of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but like, cool.
0: You're sad, guilty boy, vampire. Hot take, Louis is the manic pixie dream girl. I'll take it. Yeah. Like, his entire function in the story is just to like be sad, have random musings about his life as a vampire, look pretty. And get hit on by all the other vampires. My hot take, and we
1: knew this was going to come up, um, Angel did it better. I think Angel did it a hundred times better.
0: I think you're probably right. I now, to, be, to be fair, Angel had
1: two series worth to do that, mm-hmm. and, and it, it was not always done well. Right. Um. But... <sighs> But Buffy is, like, my favorite show of all time, by the way. Um, I'm huge, huge fan. Um, I guess, you know, he he feels so guilty for what he is and what he wants rather than what he does. Are we about Louis? I'm sorry, I'm to talking, talking about Louis. And- I'm sorry, I realize I didn't...
0: Okay, so we're talking about
1: Louis. Louis, I did not clarify that well at all. My (laughs) brain went there, not my mouth. No, you good. Um, Louis hates so much for what he, what he is and Mm -hmm. what he desires, but not what he does. Yeah. Um, which I kind of like sort of the philosophical argument of, you know, that is the testament to his goodness, or at least his potential for redemption or whatever. yeah. Like, it doesn't end with him having any confirmation of if there's a god or grace or heaven or hell. Yeah. But rather, he is still open to and that. And still
0: searching after all this time. Still searching for that. Yeah.
1: Which I actually think is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like that theme. It's a very... It felt very... I can't believe I about to say this. It felt very Flannery O'Connor. Um, you know? You know, the, the potential for redemption being... The most important thing. Yeah. Um, Himself,
0: eh, he kind of made the same face for the whole movie, which was the sad boy face. Yeah, so Brad Pitt does this thing, and I don't know that he does it in any other film, but he just pouts his lips ever so slightly. And I'm not going to lie, it works for me. Mm -hmm. I normally do not find Brad Pitt attractive Mm -hmm. at all. Um, something about the pouty mouth and the long hair, I'm like, I could get behind this. It's pretty, but it doesn't vary. I, that's you know? true. know, and- Oh my god, you know the thing I hate the most about his performance? His damn hands. Um, if you've never seen the film... So Louis has this, like, beautiful, like, acrylic manicure, basically, the entire thing. They all do.
1: They all do. Oh my god! They have
0: long vampire nails, which, you know what... When
1: you know man, fu- but you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Once he got bit, then they got long. It's not like right. they keep them that way; they're just naturally they're just naturally sharp.
0: long vampire nails. Um, which honestly, I'm here for. I like the idea of them being like predatory and kind of claw-like. Yeah. They're a little too pretty to really be claw-like. But everything
1: about vampires is supposed to be. Pretty. It's supposed to be
0: pretty in this world, and I'm kind of okay with that. Um, but what I don't like, um, if you've seen the film, you may not remember this, but if you watch it. Brad Pitt, like, refuses to move his fingers the entire film. <laughs> he every time he picks up a glass, he holds it with two hands and just really stiff fingers. Okay, they and kept it's weird. They
1: kept doing the fingertip, like, like they're they do that thing I, where. You it's press like, all your hands together, but only at the tips of the fingers, like you're being very thoughtful. It's like the power
0: stance that you feel like a CEO but should use. But they all do it. But Brad Pitt is the worst at... Do- like, he does it more than any other character. Yeah. And, like, I've tried really hard as I've watched this. and like, maybe it's to emulate, like, Louis' quest for goodness, and it's supposed to be, like, prayer hands or something. Honestly, I think it's just them trying to be like dark and edgy, yeah. and it just looks stupid. Yes, I agree. Um, but other than that, I mean, I really like Louis. Yeah. As just an aesthetic, I guess.
1: I get that. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, maybe before before I get into my critiques of it, the. The parental protection of Claudia, I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get into my thoughts about that yeah. right in a
0: second. Well, why don't we? Why don't we kind of dive into Claudia? How do you feel about her as a character? Um, first off, great child performance from uh, baby Kristen Dunst. Like a plus. Hot take: um, Kristen Dunst was in like one kind of met movie, and like everyone was like, "Oh, she's not good." She's a great actress. She's such a good actress. She's Everyone needs to sit actress. down. You know,
1: I, I will eventually put Marie Antoinette
0: on this list because
1: I really liked the Marie Antoinette movie. And... I didn't
0: like it when I saw it, but I feel like I was maybe too young to see it and I didn't understand what it was trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Um. So I'd be excited to see it again. But, you know, like, I mean, I, I mean, this is silly, but like, she's a really great, like, child actress again in Jumanji. Yep. Um, Honestly, like, she really held down the fort as Mary Jane in Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of people, like, I've heard a lot of people make fun of the, like, go get him, tiger. Yeah, it's a terrible line. but That's you know not what? her fault. She delivered it to the best of her ability. It was just a bad... <laughs> she just got dealt a bad hand. I need to make
1: a list of terrible lines delivered by honestly not bad actors. What was the one... There was
0: one in here that we laughed at.
1: Oh, this was mine. It was... Uh it was it was May flights of devils sing yeah. <laughs> you. Good night, sweet prince. May flights of devils sing you to your rest. I was like come on! Yeah, that's Claudius. I, I, that I turned to live and just said boo, <laughs> boo! I was like Statler and Waldorf all so, the whole thing. It was dumb. It was terrible.
0: It was pointless. I loved it. No, nope. um, I, I still was
1: like, no, that no, was just bad. No, it was bad. just,
0: it was just bad. Um, <laughs> but
1: all that said, I, I loved her performance. I actually really liked her character and loved the concept mm-hmm. of you know, aging but not changing and what that does to you psychologically. Yeah. Um. I was fine with her, you know, being being enamored with Louis, mm-hmm. um, and her kind of towing some of those lines, um, I felt like my my only gripe with that character arc was that, you know, she, she kisses Brad Pitt, and then immediately after we go into the whole scene where they're kidnapped and taken away, she dies. She almost, dies spoiler me- alert, she
0: dies almost immediately after. Yeah,
1: and so, and I feel like that's the only way to do that Mm -hmm. without having his character be like, you know, put a foot down and say, no. Yeah. Or, um, you know, or, or else it treading into something inappropriate. It's Um,
0: almost too much. I, yeah, it, it probably is too much, but I think the thing that's nice about this film is that you can forgive it for a lot of its sins Because the characters are all vampires. So you're, like, not expecting to hold them to the same moral code. Yeah. Because they're monsters. They're literal monsters. Yeah. And I feel like, when a lot of people talk about the vampire genre,
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so using that same mindset on, you know, the opposite end of the vampire genre, that was, at least for me... My mindset, my my mindset, growing up reading Twilight when I was in eighth grade, and I thought it was the pinnacle of literature. Yeah. Um. You know, I was like, it's fine that Edwards killed people in the past. He's a vampire. Yeah. He's really good inside. Yeah. And so, you know, anyone can take that and say it's problematic. Um. But I kind of feel like of all the classic monster genres, mm-hmm. the vampire is the one that gets used to, like, explore, you know, actual really dark um I mental mean, things. Yeah, so, vampires
0: are always there, I think, for us to explore sin and transgression. Yes. Like, whether it be violence or sexual or a combination of the two. Yeah. The vampire kind of serves as like a fictional and safe way, I think, for people to explore, like, what does it mean to be good? Yeah. What, you know, like, like, when is murder justified? You yeah. know, uh, these kind of deep questions that are really uncomfortable.
1: I guess that's part of my thing with why, right at the, right at the end, it started to feel a little uncomfortable because I always inherently associate vampires with desire and sins mm-hmm. of t- desire. Um, I will say, even at the end, I never felt like Louie was moving in that direction. Um. But I don't know. I, I don't know why I have this, like, there's still that little part of me that's mm-hmm. like, ugh, no. and uh, maybe it was because when at the end he was like, I've been dead since she was gone. Like, I, I kind of really hoped that. There would be something about him moving on yeah. or something, but there wasn't. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I think the thing about Louis is I think Louie's kind of a narrative about... The thing is, is what makes this story different to me than a lot of vampire stories is that this one's really preoccupied on kind of like the idea of toxic relationships. And Louie's kind of the perpetual victim that was honestly what I was about to get into. The, yeah. That's the theme I like
1: explored the most. In this.
0: Yeah. It's the thing that's interesting about Louie is Louis's kind of a case study. in like what happens when someone who has been traumatized refuses to move on for their, from their trauma? Mm-hmm. Like Louie needs to go to therapy, mm-hmm. but he won't. He's too codependent on Lestat. He's too codependent on um, Claudia. Yeah and so when Claudia dies like he doesn't move on he just yeah. like and part of it I think is my, my interpretation of Louis is that Louis Louis's entire character is defined so much by guilt Yes. that he doesn't know how to experience other emotions without guilt like mm-hmm. he experiences love for Claudia because he feels guilty for biting her yeah. he experiences love for lestat because he feels guilty for abandoning him and we see like a little bit of that growth when lestat's like basically like come back to me at the end and louis like no yeah um <laughs> it's nice to see yeah but still i feel like louis desperately needs louis just needs like a warm blanket some hot chocolate and a nice therapist. Yeah. I I really wish
1: a different interviewer had found him. Yeah. Like I I was I was 100% with with Louie at the end of this mm-hmm. when he was like, "Did you not listen to us?" <laughs> "You learned
0: nothing." "You learned
1: nothing."
0: <laughs> um
1: I yeah, that that just drove me insane. Yeah, that um, was definitely not fun. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on Louie. That's my thoughts on Claudia. So Claudia in short, great performance, mm-hmm. fascinating character. Yeah. Um, got a little, little uncomfortable at the end. Just a little. Yeah, uncomfortable. Just a little. Um, um Lestat? I, Lestat. Okay. So I actually have, have thoughts here. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not usually a big Tom Cruise fan. Really enjoyed this Tom Cruise performance. Is it good? The crazy worked. Yes, and, it did. Um, <laughs> the other thought that I had, um, so, so there was a part where you said, "This is my favorite part," and it was the part where he gets back into the house after they've tried to kill him. Yes, and there's
0: <laughs> the billowing gossamer curtains, and he plays the piano dramatically. It's, So good. And then the gossamer curtain blows back in the wind and you see his disgusting swamp, nasty face after being almost killed.
1: The motif of seeing him through translucent curtains was great in this movie. Yes. Um, but can I, so honestly, um, I was like, he's got that one cool scene these, he can fly, which was great. I was kind of upset that the vampires didn't fly more. Yeah, Like, why didn't Louie ever fly? Come on, Because Louie's depressed. Because he's too sad he, he can't have, have fun with his thoughts. vampire powers. He doesn't have
0: enough happy thoughts to get up off the ground. Did yeah, you not watch Peter Pan? You're right.
1: Um, unlike that other guy who danced on the ceiling of the tunnel, which that is, is an adorable is my scene. favorite
0: scene. Even we more do. so than the that one.
1: So... So I loved that scene with him, and then of course he's gone for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he, you know, Louis comes back and, you know, says, No, I'm not going to come back to you, and then leaves. But I had no idea how this film ended. Uh huh. No idea whatsoever. And so when the interviewer runs away and he's driving down the bridge, I was spending this whole time going, Okay, there's. There's no way nothing's going to happen to him. Mm. Like, I I honestly wondered if he was gonna suddenly die in or almost die in a car crash or almost die in a car crash and maybe the story would never get out. The story mm. would never get out. Or and it'd be something about how death can strike whatever. Or maybe you know Armand was going to show up and and kill mm-hmm. him. Or maybe uh, Louis was going to suddenly be in the car and be like, no, let's talk some more. That was gonna lead to the second one. Mm-hmm did not see Lestat showing up. Uh-huh. And I decided in like the last 30 seconds of this movie that I like modern Lestat driving his car yes. down the bridge so much more than any
0: other moment in this movie. Yes. And so. with the um, Sympathy for the Devil playing in the background, yes. the line he says that Louis, 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 always whining like I've listened to this for a hundred years. And that's one of my favorite things too, is because you have to question like Louis is an unreliable narrator to some extent, mm-hmm. because even if he's telling what he feels is his truth, mm-hmm. we're seeing it through his eyes. Yeah. So to what extent is Lestat completely despicable? Mm-hmm. And to what extent is he despicable? Because Louis's the most annoying roommate to <laughs> live with in the entire world. Like, can you blame Lestat for being despicable? Mm. I would go crazy if I had to live with Louis. Oh my gosh. I, so I, I
1: really enjoyed the end of this. I, it's so good. Um, I think, I think my favorite moments were the, the coming back from the swamp being dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Claudia's blow up. Like when she cut all her hair off and and it immediately
0: grows back. That was great. Um, That scream when her hair grows back is so good. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: The end. Um, I think there was another moment that I thought was pretty great, but I'm trying to remember what it was.
0: My, My favorite moment in the film, and we kind of already touched on this, but the moment when Louis talks about how he's been looking all over Europe for another vampire and he hasn't found one and then he turns around he's in like an alley under this tunnel and there's a vampire there and you find out later that this vampire can read minds which is why he knows every movement that louis going to make and he mimics mm-hmm. louis and then proceeds to do this like weird vampire dance upside down on the ceiling of mm-hmm. the tunnel and that scene is amazing and you're like this is such like Pinnacle, vampire, aesthetic it was everything I wanted. And then Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Okay, we've saved the best for last. Let's just chat quickly. Okay, so you like you were very quiet through most of this movie. You didn't make a lot of noise. Right. You didn't have a lot of reactions. And then Antonio Banderas walked on scene. He walked on screen and you went, oh. (laughs) And I was so glad you did because that's the exact reaction I was hoping for.
1: These other vampires were like dandy boys. And honestly, no matter how effeminate Antonio Banderas acts, which in this movie, this is the most effeminate that he gets. I
0: mean, it's kind of gay.
1: Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's not gay, but he is the manliest of the vampires. He's so pretty, and yet, and yet, he is he is by far the most masculine, and he never loses that masculinity, um, even when he's gazing longingly into Brad Pitt's eyes. Or
0: stroking Brad Pitt's cheek. Yeah, I noticed that one. The, okay, that one is the scene that just drives me crazy because I'm like, I want Antonio Banderas to stroke my cheek. Yes. Um... Well, okay. Oh, so, his hair. His hair is so, so pretty. Long.
1: It's so long. I just wanted to braid it, to be honest.
0: Um...
1: I... Okay. So part of why... I liked his character too. I, I kind of thought the the posse of vampire lackeys, like while I loved while I, I thought it would be so much fun to play one of them because they just mm-hmm. like slink around hallways and like run their hands down all these like yep. stairwell banisters as creepily as possible whatever. Um, they all stand at weird angles. I was kind of like, you're all lame. I don't care. But Antonio Banderas, Armand, I'll call him Armand. Armand. Armand is the oldest vampire, and he has time for no one's nonsense. But he is also the smartest vampire. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also, so you like Brad Pitt's, like, pouty face. Antonio Banderas stares into my soul. I like all
0: of his faces. Oh
1: my gosh. He's Gorgeous. His gorgeous eyebrows. His gorgeous piercing eyebrows.
0: As a side note, is Zorro on our list? I don't want it to be. It needs to be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But here's the thing, it's
1: that one's that one's like Stardust where I'm like, this movie is flawless. That's true. When was the last time you watched it? I have not seen it in a long time. I watched it this year during quarantine. It's just because, straight up a great movie because I was just so sad, and I was just like, "I need Zoro." It is a perfect movie. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so
0: flawless. I want to watch it with you and do the podcast, but I feel like it's too good.
1: I don't know. Should. <laughs> I've already, I've already messed it up with Stardust. So the next time that I we've watched something really terrible and you just want something happy. We'll follow it up with Zorro. We're just gonna watch Zorro. Okay, that sounds perfect. We're just gonna watch Zorro cause
0: it's, it's um, perfect. I feel like- But it still is not like discount DVD bins and it doesn't belong doesn't there. Says, okay, I actually have a legitimate question. Yes. What is Antonio Banderas up to?
1: That is an excellent question. And I hope it's a lot because- Oh, okay, while, while you're looking that up. Mm-hmm one of my complaints for the film, and I said this to you while we were watching it. Making vampires look like corpse-like, pale in death, is one thing. I do not understand why you would waste a man as gorgeously dark and handsome as Antonio Banderas by smothering him in white makeup. And it was, it was to the point that it was like whitewashing question mark, but there were a lot of moments in this where I was like,
0: Ma, it, like racist question mark. Oh God. There's so many. Yeah. Um, we can talk about that in a second. I think, I think maybe we should just kind of, you know, chat about why that's problematic. Mm. Um, he was in Doolittle? Heard that movie was garbage. I I heard that as
1: well. I haven't seen it, though, so if you and I want to...
0: Oh, God. Maybe, maybe one day. Um,
1: <laughs> one day when we just really need a uh, Robert Downey Jr. fix. I That made me that was what made me sad about it. I love Robert Downey Jr., and I was really sad to hear that it hadn't done well. Yeah. Um, I watched the
0: whole thing on why it was bad, though, and it...
1: It doesn't sound, like, worth it. Yeah. Um,
0: I would totally watch it with you for this this channel. Got it. Um, I don't know how interested I am,
1: in, but I mean, like we we one watch, day we watch bad movies. We need to watch one worse day. movies. That's
0: true. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about some of the things I guess we didn't like about the film. Yeah. While we're here, um, so you mentioned Antonio Banderas being like almost whitewashed because yeah. that's the thing is like there's this idea that you know vampires have to be pale because they're supposed to look like death um which like i'm gonna get nerdy um but if you go back in the vampire like mythos um Mm -hmm. vampires were not pale until basically brom stoker yes um because he's an irishman writing about like the undead yeah having seen the corpses of white people yeah um but vampires like traditionally are usually kind of red in color because they've consumed so much blood. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, like, I think the goal is to make them look kind of dead. And I feel like you have to remember that like not everyone has pale skin and looks pale when they die. Yeah, People just kind of lose coloration. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a way to do that that doesn't make a person of color look like they're wearing like 18 layers of yeah. white powder. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can definitely tell
1: that this is a movie that came out in 1994. Oh god, when, totally. When testing for, you know, sensitivity was not a thing. Right.
0: And, uh, um, yeah, and, you just see it. And I think that the part the parts that make me most most of the things in this film, I can kind of just wave off, like I said, as like well, they're vampires. Mm. Who cares about problematic? They're literal monsters. I mean, but but I definitely think there's kind of this narrative of like Louis, the benevolent slave owner.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that one was really Ooh. um, with the with the beautifully dressed house
0: slave who's really worried about him. She, yeah, because she cares so much about him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, is it possible that someone like that could have existed in history? A person who was enslaved who had genuine sympathetic feelings towards the person who owned them? I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a narrative that Hollywood has used to excuse the horrors of slavery. And... And I think that's why it's such a problem, you know.
1: And part of me, part of me in this could, this, I'm sure this was what was in Anne Rice's novel. And I'm sure she looked at New Orleans and thought it was this great setting. Which, to some extent, like, it is. It absolutely was. And he needs to come from some sort of money. Right. So, you know, a plantation makes sense
0: for the historical time period in which he said it. But yeah. even like, I don't know enough about voodoo to know if the way that some of the like practices they show in the film yeah. are at all accurate. Um, so I don't know the the part. You and I kind of talked about this when we were watching it. The part that makes me the itchiest is like, Brad Pitt kills the the um like the the slave that like basically serves him dinner. Yeah. Um, And he, like, comes out of the house. And first of all, the delivery is so weird. And he cracks, like, eight times. And I'm like, why did y'all use this take? But he's like, it's true. Your master is the devil. And then he burns the house down. Um, And he frees all of the slaves that he verbally. Oh, he's like, with, you're all free.
1: With no documentation. Go away. Anymore. And we were like,
0: that means literally nothing. They're gonna leave the, the plantation and be like, well, our master said we're free, and everyone else is gonna be like, well, sucks to suck. Where's your papers? But also, it's like Louie. The house is burned down. Louie's not getting blamed for that. Right, and we're, like, those poor, enslaved people are just now out in the world with no documentation that they've been freed and it's their word against a bunch of other peoples and the first time i saw this movie i was a lot younger and i wasn't thinking about it because my brain was going ooh vampires but now that i'm older i'm like
1: yikes ooh. louis come
0: on he's like he's like i don't want to take human life and i'm like you literally own people <laughs> Yeah. So if that, that is not age well. If that
1: were used as a way to like explore monstrosity or like, hypocrisy
0: maybe, yes,
1: that would be that would be fascinating, but
0: it's just that they don't do anything
1: with it. No. Um Yeah. So I, I don't care for that. I don't I I'm trying to think. I don't think I have anything else in the problematic. So, besides the problematic, including our problematic recording system that's going to keep... That
0: keeps messing up on us. Sorry, guys. Even though we do nothing wrong! We literally sit here and check it, like, every... <laughs> we, we've gotten so paranoid about this recording system that we keep, like looking, at the reco- <laughs> like, looking at the computer every few minutes. Like, wait, did we do it? Is it okay? Yeah. Is it working? Um.
1: Okay, so... We'll figure it out one day. But I I was talking about things that I didn't like. And I do have another clear thing that I don't care for. um, Which was that about an hour and ten minutes into the movie, um, we had to pause it because I had to run to the bathroom. And there was still 50 minutes to go. And you went, I forgot how long this movie is. And it having ended... Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it was a, it was two
0: hours and it could they, have been. They could have, they could have cut some things out.
1: One it could have been an
0: things, hour and 15 minutes, there honest, was, honestly. There was something you said at the beginning where you were like, I was like, what do you expect? And you were like, I expect a lot of standing around and talking. And I was just sitting there like, huh? oh, you have no idea. Yeah. Like, it's I, literally just them like waxing poetic about being vampires for like 90% of the film.
1: And you know what? I feel like Anne Rice being the person who wrote the screenplay she liked her dialogue so
0: much that a lot of things
1: that could have been shown visually got turned into voiceovers
0: and dialogue hot take novelists should not write screenplays of their own novels the only person
1: who's done it well is william goldman and i will but i will attest to that
0: (laughs) but part part of why he did it so well is because he recognized Hey, my book functions in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to toss out the way that it functions. Yes. Because film is a different medium. Well, he had already written screenplays before he wrote the novel. So he he understood yes. the different medium. And I'm not saying that people who write novels can never write screenplays. I mean, decidedly, that's not true. Yeah. Neil Gaiman has successfully written several screenplays. That's true. Um, But it, the ones who do it well are the
1: ones who are not so enamored with their novel. And Mm -hmm. I think based on the conversation we had earlier, we know that Anne Rice Rice is is very enamored enamored with her her own writing. writing. Um, Then you can translate it well Mm. if you know what to cut and translate into visuals. And that just didn't really happen here. Um, So I like looking back on it, I remember things that happened but there's so much, like, time in between each of those events that is just lots of conversation. Yeah.
0: Um, and 90% of it is... So, I would say all those other scenes, 50% is conversation, and the other 50% is Louis, like, walking down the street with, like, a sad expression. So many crane shots of him walking down... One was really shaky. And oh, it, like, gave me a headache. Me. Yeah, that's a terrible shot.
1: So- that.
0: Um and then he like eats a bunch of rats and cries and that's Oh the my god, <laughs> had
1: only one shot of him eating a rat, but instead
0: I think I watched like twenty rats die. There's so many shots of him eating rats. Oh it's gosh. not even funny. It yeah, I was not god. not a
1: fan. Yeah. Um so so yeah, if, if this movie got trimmed
0: down, um And the the beats that are there work. I think it just needs it doesn't need revising. It needs like editing. It needs cutting. Yeah. Um, the the things that are there I think work. It's just that it needs to be condensed.
1: So here's the other thing that I felt while watching it. Um you know, this is this is pre um CGI backgrounds. Um and We're we're kind of living in the era of like, you know, being able to explore a lot with that instead of Mm -hmm. filming on green screens or blue screens, like filming in places where you have like the high definition, Mm -hmm. you know, panels in the background. So we can make sets seem much bigger. Um, And I don't so I don't know if this is just me watching a film from before that time period and feeling this way. But everything felt very claustrophobic and soundstage-y. The sets were mm-hmm. were gorgeous and were well done. But, like, I think back to, like, us watching Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is also very clearly filmed on a soundstage. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was in so many different places and the world was very
0: big. And when you're in London, you feel like you're in an actual city, whereas, like, this New Orleans feels very tight. Well,
1: and this New Orleans, honestly, aside from a couple shots that were, like, Paris and its beauty. Like, all the scenes in Paris could have been in New Orleans, and all the scenes in New Orleans could have been in Paris. Yep. So,
0: um... The only place that, unfortunately, felt really clearly established and widely established was San Francisco. And this, to me, is the thing that I hate the most about the film. This setup, before we see Louis, like... The introduction to the film is, like, five minutes of, like, melodramatic music playing while we pan over San Francisco, and I was sitting there like, are we watching Interview with a Vampire, or is this The Room? We started chanting as it went across the bridge, Go! 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 Every time I see this movie, I'm just like, Tommy Wiseau, are you there? San Francisco. Oh my god. If Tommy Wuzo is a vampire, that would totally make so much sense. Oh, you've never heard that theory before? I've heard that he's a space alien theory. Oh no,
1: a lot of people think he's a vampire.
0: He's something. <laughs> oh my god. Um honestly that would check. That would make so much sense if he, he was Oh yep. my god. Yep. I bet he saw Interview with the Vampire and was like oh, we, he... need to, we need to remake this movie and set
1: it in an apartment in one I room. V, I would watch Tommy Wiseau's adaptation of Interview with the Vampire. Everything's
0: yeah. the same except for instead of Antonio Banderas playing Armand, it's Tommy, it's Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. That would change the
1: movie so, so dramatically. Much. Oh my gosh. But what if but what if Greg was Louie?
0: <laughs> oh my god, I need this film right now. Um would that mean that Oh
1: hi Louie. She's
0: kind of young, but I guess okay, here's the question. He would be Claudia. Would it be I f- this might be weird, but I feel like it'd be Denny. <laughs> 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 Well oh, hi Claudia. We're watching we have to watch The Room on this channel. Oh yeah, at some absolutely. Point, at absolutely. some point. I need it soon. I love that uh, movie. It's so bad. Um So I
1: I have to be honest, I think that's pretty much all of my interview with the vampire thoughts. Yeah.
0: It's so it's, um, it's it's fun. What what is your final rating? How do you feel? I would give it um
1: Four to four and a half out of six flaming coffins.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's not terrible. No. Yeah. That's not terrible. Um, I would probably give this. Um. Hmm. What would I give this? Um, like fourteen out of twenty uh, raggedy dolls. Oh, God. Okay, I didn't mention that. That part's gross. Dolls. So,
1: fun trivia fact about me. Uh, My very first job was I was a doll hairstylist at American Girl. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Wonderful job. Absolutely fantastic. Recommend it for anyone who gets the opportunity to do it. Um, But... I, so, so I'm very. I I love like American Girl dolls. I have three of them myself. Two of which I got while I was working there. Mm. Raffles were fun, um, but old timey dolls uh-huh. and ventriloquist dummies are my no-nos. Yeah, my absolutely nots.
0: Make it stop. Have you ever um, seen that episode of The Twilight Zone called The Dummy? Yep. Ah, uh, that's my favorite episode, but it's so
1: scary. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's so scary. I can't do it. Um, I, uh, so, so that was a thing. Oh, I love, I love how, I feel like if you're, if you're, someone is new to learning about symbolism, you show them this movie and be like, okay, let's find two symbols in the movie. And if you can figure out what the dolls are symbolic of. Good. Good job if you can figure out what was the There was another one that I was like, Oh, there was, there was the part a at the
0: end where, um, so all the vampires in oh. Paris, why is Louis carrying a, a scythe? scythe.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so all the vampires in, in Paris like put on a stage play where they pretend to be, va- they pretend to be humans, pretending to be vampires, it's and then very they actually av- kill it's very avant garde. That's my favorite yeah. line. Where Claudia goes, it's so avant garde. Um,
1: oh, there was a lot more full frontal nudity in this than I thought there would be. Yeah, I kind I of kind forgot of, to give you that heads up. I kind of thought there would just be boobs. There's a lot more than that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's definitely a lot more than that. Um, but yeah, so Louis shows up with a scythe and kills everybody and it's like, huh. ha. It's symbolic. He represents death. Yeah,
1: it was. It was a, the symbolism was a little a heavy. little on
0: the nose. A little on the
1: nose. The, um, the doll thing, I was actually okay with. Yeah, I was like, cool. Yeah,
0: but uh, yeah. So I'm I'm glad you at least in part enjoyed it. Yeah, it's 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 a fun one in its own right, and yes. and it was supposed to be the beginning of a series, and. I can't remember if the series didn't happen or if it happened and it flopped. But if there's a if there's a movie called The Vampire Lestat, I've never seen it. Right. Um so yeah, but this one was fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So on that note, what are we watching next? Well.
1: You you threw down the gauntlet. You said you wanted something bad. And okay. I am going to thoroughly enjoy this next movie, but I don't think you will.
0: Probably not.
1: Because it's Aquaman time.
0: Oh no! I like Jason Momoa. Everyone likes Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa could (laughs) slap me in the face and I'd say, thank Thank you, you, sir. sir, May I have another?
1: (laughs) Uh. He could slap my mom in the face and I'd be like, it's Jason Momoa.
0: (laughs) God.
1: I'm just kidding, Mom, I
0: love you. <laughs> I can already tell you I'm gonna hate this. Um, because you know, I so we talked about this last week when my mom was like, just watched Aquaman, worst movie ever, lol. And I'm just like, ah, Lizzie, funny story, my mom just watched this really bad movie. She said it was she said Aquaman was terrible, and immediately your eyes lit up and you were like, oh. <laughs> We watch an Aquaman. And I was like, I shouldn't have said anything. No, I shouldn't have said anything.
1: Too late. Uh, is not bad? This is the first one where I'm like, I really hope you don't like this. I'm probably <laughs> just, not gonna like. Just it. because I want to watch you suffer
0: through one. Can I? Okay, so hot take. Um mm-hmm. in terms of like Marvel movies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I have not cared. For several of the like, last Marvel films that came out. I think that's fair. Um, I didn't like Infinity War. Everyone was like it's so good. I was like I hate this movie. Um, I don't know. So like thinking about those did, being Did you like, feel like that about Endgame too or just Infinity War? More so Infinity War. Right. Um, I felt like Endgame was super flawed. But at the same and time... And I really don't have much of a desire to watch it again. But I enjoyed it more it, it because knew, I liked the It knew seeing... what it was. And it was what what
1: I felt like for the end of that era it had to be.
0: Yeah. I liked the end. Everything leading up to the end, I was like, Why did I just watch? So and I liked Thor in his fat suit and the shameless plugging for my favorite brewery that Oh, yeah, props, that he did. I loved Props, it. Tropicalia. Yeah, creature comfort. Yeah. Um I do okay. Funnily enough,
1: the thing I'm I'm kinda like people can have like feel all sorts of things about Marble, whatever. My thing for judging your taste on Marble. Did you like Thor Ragnarok? Of course. There we go. That's that is all I need to know. Yeah. If I meet someone who
0: says they didn't like Thor Ragnarok, that's when I'm like, Can I actually, okay. Can I actually tell you something that is interesting? The first time I saw Thor Ragnarok, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Which was funny because I, I didn't realize, I couldn't put my finger on what I didn't like about it, um, and then I saw it again and I realized that I never disliked the film. I just was confused because Thor as a franchise has changed tones so many times. Yes, and when I first saw it, I didn't know Taika Waititi's work, and I was like, I feel like it's just trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I went back and watched Taika Waititi's work. Which, speaking of which, if we don't watch What We Do in the Shadows, like, Toronto, we
1: absolutely will. We
0: have to. But um, I think watching it again after I'd seen his other films, I was like, oh, just kidding. This is a masterpiece. (laughs) And I I didn't hate it. I was just confused. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I I did love Thor Ragnarok. But um, I have not liked almost any DC movie that's come out. Wonder Woman was good. It still is not incredible. Oh, see, it's I love good. Wonder
1: Woman.
0: It's like really it good. Lot. The things that it does well, it does really, really yeah. well. Um, But... We'll talk Aquaman. We'll talk Aquaman. So, yeah, thanks for watching Interview with a Vampire with me. You're welcome. Um, I hope that, you know, I'm sure there will be more vampires in our future. Oh. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and you know Twilight? Yeah. Oh. I'm Twilight. Uh, And thanks for sticking in with us. Yes, really, truly. We got a little heady there, but it was fun. Yes. Absolutely. So, next week, Aquaman. Less heady. Bye. Bye. (laughs)